moment in the Gospel of Mark. And what I mean by that is we're, we're finishing up one busy day in the life of Jesus and moving into the next. Th this last day in the life of Jesus has been one where he was up early, he was at church, he was preaching, he was driving out demons, he was taking care of people until, until late into the night. And what we find as we move from one day in the life of Jesus to another day in the life of Jesus is that Jesus he withdraws before the next day even begins, or before the work of the next day even begins, he withdraws to pray. And so our, our, the question that we want to ask today is, what is prayer? What's its purpose? And what do we really, more specifically, what do we learn from Jesus about prayer? And to do that, we're just going to watch. And we'll watch by listening uh, the words of the gospel. Please stand because these are the words and the works of Jesus. And then because these are good words, I'll say at the end, this is the gospel of the Lord. You're invited to respond. Thanks be to God. The gospel from Mark chapter 1, beginning at verse 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone's looking for you. And Jesus replied, Let's go somewhere else, to the new, nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why, that is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord God, we, we come here to church to listen to you. We listen with our ears and we believe with our hearts. So I pray that you would pour out your Holy Spirit through my speaking, that the words of my mouth and the meditating of our hearts that would be pleasing in your sight and that through it you would teach us to pray. Oh Lord God, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We can learn a lot about someone just by, I'm going to come down here. You can learn a lot about me by, by where I preach. We can learn a lot about someone just by watching them. We can learn a lot about someone by seeing the things that they do, by listening to the things that they say. We can learn a lot about their, their personality, their, their priorities, their preferences. We can learn a lot about someone just by watching them. For instance, I think by now you know about Ruth and I that we care a lot about physical and spiritual health. We're not always very good at it. We're, we're doing the best we can. But that's something that we realize is very important for us. We, we can't serve you well. We can't serve each other well if we're not taking care of our bodies and our, and our faith. I think you've maybe learned that about now, about, about us by now. That's something that's important to us. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been learning about Jesus. And I, and I hope by now as we've walked through Mark chapter 1 and as we continue to walk our way through, through big chunks of Mark that you're going to learn about Jesus, things about him. So, so for instance, what do you learn about Jesus so far? You learn that, that he cares about preaching. 
right? The thing that's important to Jesus is he's, when John the Baptist is put in prison, how does he come? He comes preaching. And what does he do in the synagogue? He comes teaching. He, he, he cares very much about this prophetic preaching, getting the gospel out to people by the words of his mouth. He also cares about caring. He also cares about caring for people. Right? The, the people that he served, he doesn't just say, well, I'm going to preach to you and that'll be enough. When they come to him with their unclean spirits, when they come to him with their, their sicknesses and their disease, he, in, in many cases, he does something about it. Right? He doesn't say, oh, that's nice, I'll pray about that. He actually does something for them. We can learn a lot about Jesus just by watching him do ministry, just by watching him with his disciples. We can also learn a lot about a lot from, I'm going to change the preposition, we can also learn a lot from someone just by watching them. I want you to think, step back into the way that Jesus is discipling his disciples. Remember back early in chapter 1, he said to his disciples, come follow me and I will teach you how to fish. I will make you fishers of people. And how did he do it? He didn't do that by calling them to a classroom, handing them a notebook and saying, listen, guys, let me tell you how this works. He did do that sometimes, right? He pulled them aside and said, let me explain to you the parables. Let me tell you what they mean. And, and always his disciples, were they not part of the congregation? Right? The, the disciples were not somehow behind Jesus as he taught the crowds. They were part of the group of people to whom pre Jesus preached and taught. But a large part of the way that Jesus was a rabbi to them, a, way, a large way, part of the way that Jesus discipled his disciples, was simply by living life with them. And that's one of the things that Mark notices about Jesus' ministry. It'll, it'll show up a couple of times. Jesus got away to pray. Jesus got away to pray. Jesus got away to pray. In the midst of a very busy ministry, Jesus got away to pray. To such an extent, the disciples remember where the Lord's Prayer comes from. They saw Jesus get away to pray, and they said, Jesus, we want to learn how to pray. He taught them by showing them we can learn a lot from Jesus just by watching him. And, and so today, I know this is a really long introduction, kind of getting to the, my point, so I hope you're still with me. What we want to do today is learn from Jesus, kind of be like his disciples and just watch what Jesus did and, and take away four simple lessons from, from pr about prayer. And the four simple lessons are this. I'll, give you, I'll go through them. I'll say them now, and then I'll go through them as we, as we make our way through the sermon. We want to learn prayer's pattern, prayer's purpose, prayer's power, and then finally talk about a tension, one of the tensions that shows up in prayer. So the first one is this. Let's, let's talk about prayer's pattern. Now, for a minute, I want you just to zoom out and just get the big picture of Jesus' ministry. I want, I want you to zoom out and just notice what's happening. And there's a pattern here that begins to develop. Jesus listens. Here's the pattern for prayer. Jesus listens, and then Jesus talks. Go, go back, chapter 1. We, we covered this before Christmas. This is Jesus' baptism. What did Jesus hear? But as baptism, his father said to him, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. That was Jesus' anointing for ministry. That was when the Holy Spirit came on Jesus and anointed him for this preaching, teaching, baptizing, um, healing ministry that Jesus was about to carry on. And then what did Jesus do? He was sent into the wilderness by the Spirit to, do, to be tempted. And there in the wilderness, what is Jesus doing? Well, of course, he's being tempted but he's also listening. 
He's also remembering and calling to mind the words that his father said to him. Remember how Jesus answered every single one of the devil's temptations. What did he say? The devil said this, it is written. So where is Jesus, what is Jesus doing this entire time? He's saying to himself, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He's listening. And I want you to understand something. Jesus goes to the synagogue to preach, but let me tell you something about the blessing of preaching. I am blessed by preaching, not because, just because of the privilege I have of sharing God's word with you, but because I get to think about the text for a lot longer than you do. You know, if, if, if you're one of those people, and this, was, this is a good thing, like you're reading it before and reading it after and then going to connect groups after, you've maybe spent two hours, maybe two and a half hours thinking about it. But the joy and privilege I have is of thinking about this over a couple of weeks. I think about it when I'm showering. I think about it when I'm running. I'm thinking about it all the time. Sometimes crazy ideas come to me that I set to the side and don't bring out in a sermon. Right? So what is Jesus doing even as he's preaching a sermon? He's thinking about He doesn't just show up at the synagogue and say, hmm, what should I say today? I mean, he could. He's Jesus. But as a true man, he doesn't do that. He, he listens. And so Jesus' whole life, I think, what, I, what I'm trying to show you is Jesus' whole life is surrounded by listening. And then in prayer, he speaks. See, prayer's pattern is we listen and we speak. And I think, isn't that one of the things that challenges us in prayer? One of the things that I think, at least I struggle with, and maybe you do too, is we, we say that prayer is like talking to a brick wall. Like, the thing, one of the things that's hard about prayer is there's no one talking back. And I think there's a couple of reasons for that. One is, it's not like a coffee shop conversation where you're sitting there across from a good friend saying, how was your day? Let me talk this through with you. There's not, there's not this back and forth dialogue that we have in prayer. It's not like that. So that's part of the challenge. There's nobody audibly speaking into our ears. But could the other reason be that we don't take the time to listen to God and his word? We, we say to God, God, I'd like some wisdom from you. God, I'd like some help with this. God, I'd like an answer to my prayers. But where is our Bible? It's on a shelf somewhere or on a coffee table somewhere. It's not in our lap open where we're paying attention to it. See, see list, here's my point. Listening and praying, they belong together. <clears throat> praying is the way that we talk to God. God's word is the way that God speaks back to us. And dare I say that we ought to listen more than we speak. There's a pattern here. And I think we're learning that if we, if we pay attention to Jesus, we listen and then we speak. Well, let's talk about the purpose. Why does Je that's, the question with Je that's the question I've been asking myself about this text. Why does Jesus do this? If he's a true man and he's been up all day the day before, why does he do this? Why does he pray? If he's the true son of God, whose ministry at this point is going swimmingly well, why does he pray? Why, why does he do it? Because he's true man also. Remember, as Jesus does his ministry, he has set aside most of the time and for a while his, his, true, his nature as true God. He didn't stop being God. He just stopped exercising his godness for a moment, at least all the time. 
right? So, so Jesus is also true man, which means he needs help. So what does he need help with? His ministry is going really well. I think there are two things. Let me propose them to you. I think Jesus needs help because he needs to know what to do next. I mean, I mean, things are going so well in his ministry. I mean, the crowds are coming to the door. The disciples, even in the middle of Jesus praying, they're interrupting him and saying, Jesus, everybody's looking for you, and everybody's looking for you, right? So it's not like Jesus is being kicked out of town yet. He could just hang out a shingle and play Dr. Jesus. Jesus wants to know, God, what do you want me to do? Should I stay or should I go now? What do you want me to do? So he needs help with wisdom. He also needs help with strength. I mean, remember, he's true man. So he gets tired. So when he's up early for church and then waiting on his mother and Peter's mother-in-law in the afternoon, he doesn't get a nap after his sermon. And then after dinner, everybody's coming to the door till late in the night. It's exhausting. Jesus must have been beat tired at the end of that day, and now he's up before the sun even rises. I think Jesus needed help, namely strength, from God to carry on. Remember, he's a human being just like you and I are with physical limitations. Do you see now, do you begin to see now the the purpose of prayer? That in our limitations, in, in our need, we get to come to the king of the universe, the king of heaven and earth with whatever it is. I'm speaking rather narrowly about prayer today, namely thinking, mainly thinking about the petitions that we bring. But that's what Jesus is doing here, and that's the joy and privilege that we have in prayer of taking whatever it is, wherever we have need, Wherever we have lack, wherever we have want, we can bring that into the king's throne room and ask the king to get involved. See, prayer is a powerful thing. What I want to say to you is prayer, prayer is asking the king to get involved, and he does. Imagine, try to imagine, this is the, the image I have in my mind of prayer. Imagine a a throne room, and now imagine the king's secret chamber, where he gets alone. It's the place that only the king gets to go, except that now through the blood of Jesus, the king invites you into that most sacred, intimate place. And there, the king says, tell me everything. See, the king in When we pray, we're inviting the king to get involved in our lives. And then he does. How else do you think it was that Jesus knew exactly what he needed to do after this? I mean, Jesus, when his disciples came looking for him out there and they found him out separate from the crowd, he didn't skip a beat. They said, Jesus, everybody wants you to stay here, hang out a shingle, play Dr. Jesus. It'll be great. Everybody's looking for you. And Jesus says, no, no, that's not why we're here. See, in listening and in speaking, Jesus had come from his Father to a clear understanding. Why am I here? I'm here to preach and teach. I'm here to get the gospel to to the nearby towns and villages. That's why I've come. He didn't skip a beat. How else do you think Jesus had the strength to carry on? 
it was God who gave it to him. The other gospel writers gives us, give us some insight into this. Remember when Jesus was tempted, how does it end? It's the little paragraph that we, probably, we hardly ever talk about in sermons. And angels came and attended him. After this temptation moment with the, moments with the devil, angels came and attended him. And, and when Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he said he was, his soul was overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And he said, Father, take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Remember what happened next. And angels came and attended him. Jesus got strength from his Father to do what God had sent him to do. He had clarity of mission and strength to carry it out. Dear people of God, how else are we going to gain what we need to do what God calls us to do in life except through prayer? See, in prayer, we invite the king of the universe of heaven and earth to get involved in our lives, and then he does. He gives us forgiveness. He gives us life. He gives us help. He, he, he gives us direction. He gives us guidance. He gives us wisdom. He gives us his Holy Spirit even. And if he even gives us the Holy Spirit, will he not also give us every other gift that we need along the way? And see, this is one of the reasons why I'm going to keep saying to you that there is, there's maybe nothing, there, I'm going to take the maybe out, there is nothing more important or powerful that you can do than pray. There's nothing more powerful, important, or impactful that you can do than pray because you're inviting God to get involved. He's going to get involved anyway, but you get to invite the king to get involved in specific ways, and then he does. We're going to talk more about the power of prayer next week, but I want you to know the power of prayer. So if you're sick, pray. If you're you're seeking wisdom, pray. If you're feeling guilt and shame, pray. If you get the point. We want the kingdom of God to expand and grow. Pray. There's nothing more impactful or powerful that you can do than invite God to get involved. But there's a tension here. What if we ask God to provide for us? There's a, you can go to the next slide. What if we pray that God would help us and then we just sit there? What if we ask God to grow the kingdom, but then we tell no one? What if we ask God to provide for our needs, but then don't go to work? You start to feel, feel the tension here. See, there's a, there's a both and that I want to hold up before you and ask you to manage On the one hand, these are both true, on the one hand, God can and will do everything that needs to be done, right? You pray, God will act. God will do everything that is good for you for your eternity. He sent his son, Jesus, without even you asking about it. He did it for you before you wanted him. He, He did it for you simply because he loved you. He sends the rain on the good and the righteous, On the one hand, God, the King, is involved in your life for your salvation. See, on the one hand, we pray and we ask God to get involved and He does. And on the other hand, we have work to do. I wonder if sometimes we err, we sin on two directions. 
Maybe not at the same time, but we kind of fall off the donkey on one of two sides. On the one side, we think to ourselves that I don't have time to pray. And I want you to think about what you're actually saying when you say something like that. When you say that you don't have time to pray, are you not at some level saying, my work, my planning, my effort, my whatever it is, is more important than God's? So it's not really that you don't have time, it's that you think that you're more important and powerful than God is. Right? That's one direction. So we don't pray because we think it's me more than Him. There's another error, though, another sin. And I think it's this. I know it's this because this is a problem I have too. We pray and we think that's all we have to do now. I've prayed about it. All right, I'm good. Well, let's be clear. When we pray, we cast our cares to the Lord and the burden is now His to carry. Right? When we pray, we're laying it on the Lord. We're, we're in a sense, get, we, people say this, we're giving it to the Lord, and, and He carries it. He's going to handle it. But that does not mean laziness, does it? It does not mean, say, well, now I've prayed about it. Now it's a hands-off thing. Right? If, if I say, you know what, I'm just going to pray about my sermon and hope it comes out okay. Probably not a great idea. Right? And if all we do is we pray about the kingdom or pray about provision and then go, go to work, right? there's laziness then. Right? So there's an error in two directions. And I want, to hold, I want you to hold the tension. God's work, which we invite Him to do through prayer, and our work, which we do in our daily lives, And so I want to conclude today with a simple saying from Luther that I think holds these two things together. The first part's already on your screen. We we pray, here's my encouragement to you today, pray like it all depends on God. Because it does. If anything's going to happen in your life, if anything's going to, whatever happens, it's all on God. That's why we say again, I'm talking about it's by grace alone. Right? It all depends on God's, our forgiveness, his, his love for us, His mercy to us, His kindness to us, our provision in life. Everything in our life is God. If the kingdom's going to grow and flourish, it's God. If we're going to be cared for, it's God. If we're going to be healed, it's God. It all depends on God. Pray like it all depends on God, and then when you're done, get up and work like it all depends on you. How does the king most often do his work? Through his subjects. You and me. God does his work most often through people, through you and through me. So pray like it depends on God because it does and then get up and work Because through you, God does his work. Amen? Now the God of peace grant you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Amen.